Welcome, fantasizers. This is your big fat fantasy. We're going to come to you with another podcast episode. Yeah, this is episode six of your BFF. That I'm Nicholas Logan. Yeah, and we're just going to be talking about two really good teams and two really bad teams today. Uh, going to be telling you the positives and the negatives. Yeah, then we'll finish it off with our week 10 picks. I know we didn't have a <clears throat> episode last week and we didn't have a Thursday night episode for this past week. That's because we did a Dynasty recap, and it was more of a visual. So that's why to follow our YouTube page at Your Big Fat Fantasy, because sometimes we might not upload on the podcast, but for the most part, we will be uploading on Apple and Spotify. And Thanks yeah. again, and we hope you enjoy uh, episode six. The picks, the picks. I'll start off with Deontay Foreman. My, uh, my, I have two, miss, two hits this week, one miss. Deontay Foreman, he was actually the highest... Scoring fantasy player in this Thursday night game, had 19 fantasy points, had a career high of 31 carries, and 130 yards, which is actually two less than his career high, and had a one touchdown, and Hubbard only had five carries, so I know I said, watch out for Foreman, he might split the backfield with uh, Chubba Hubbard, but yeah. that's not what happened, and Foreman was, you know, the bell cow, and, you know, did what he did with uh, the workload. Yeah, 19 PPR points, one touchdown. That's that's as much as you can ask for yeah. from Deontay yeah. Foreman. You probably got him off waivers. He didn't even have a catch in the game. So. Yeah, and you probably got him off waivers. Yeah. Or, and you, so, so you yeah. got him off waivers, that's a, one of those great waivers. Solid, yeah. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, someone was like, it's been a weird season for waiver wires. It hasn't really been any good waiver, like juicy waiver pick. Yeah. Deontay Foreman, definitely. He's one of those, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I pretty much just missed all my picks. Uh, I was just started off with Kyle Pitts. He only had uh two reception or yeah two receptions out of eight targets for twenty eight yards. Only finished with four point eight PPR points. And uh, yeah, this is you know Mariota kind of started to heat up late, but um, a lot of the workload went to uh, Drake London. So yeah, uh, Kyle Pitts was just a miss, man. A miss. Yeah, and Kyle Pitts actually is getting a lot more targets though. He's yeah, coming, yeah. He's averaging like eight, eight targets. targets. Yeah, yeah. The last few That's games, a lot, he's but getting. He's only catching eight, two. Yeah, he's only catching <laughs> two the last so, couple games. So yeah, seeing seeing the uh, the targets you want from a guy that you drafted in the third round as your tight end one, but yeah, not making the most out of the opportunity. Looking very hitter hit or miss right now. Yeah, for Kyle more Pitts, terms of minutes. I think two or three hits this year. So yeah, through what ten weeks so. Yeah, Drake um, London not looking reliable either, but I mean he, he had, had he game. had a good he had a good day. Yeah, he had a nice little touchdown there. And yeah, I think the the Falcons have the easiest wide receiver schedule going forward. So yeah, it's good news for Drake London owners. Yeah, for sure. Especially as he gets more going now that he's you know yeah, and especially because you got him late. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and I'll move it on to the quarterback Marcus Mariota, Atlanta Falcons quarterback at seventeen point seven four fantasy points was the highest scoring player after Deontay Foreman so he was the highest scoring player on the Falcons wasn't a great game for him but he completed 19 of his 30 passes yeah. at 186 yards and two touchdowns only one interception and he actually had his least amount of rushing attempts in this game only rushed three times but he still rushed for 43 yards so he didn't make the most with his limited carries and yeah, 17.74 fantasy points for Marcus Mariota yeah um yeah he was he was getting locked up at first but um that's a lot, a lot of ill-advised passes yeah that final drive really helped him so he, he's the quarterback nine right now so it's, it's it's honestly pretty surprising to see that he's ranked above my my guy justin herbert but uh but yeah crazy crazy for mariota owners good for mariota owners yeah uh it's gonna bring me to dj moore uh, had four receptions out of six targets for 29 yards finished with 6.9 ppr points 
Um, they were just running the ball a lot, man. And uh, I know Terrence Marshall had a really long reception, but not much going oh, for the pa- in the passing game for P.J. Walker. Um, it was pretty much the Deontay Foreman show. And then, you know, LaVisca Chanel had that nice run. So, yeah, D.J. Moore uh, was a miss. Yeah, Big miss. I'm going on to the guy you just mentioned, my only miss of the week, or only miss from Thursday night's game. Terrace Marshall uh, did not look like a Marshall at all. Wasn't really <laughs> on fire at all. Yeah. Did play a lot of snaps. He's still in the game most of the time. <clears throat> only had only saw two targets, but like you said, he did catch one of those targets for 43 yards. Actually yeah. led the team in receiving yards that yeah. game. And 43 yards is not a lot nope. to lead, lead not your all. team. And I was on one catch. 5.3 fantasy points he finished with. I plugged him in as a flex play and didn't look good. So, yeah, not, not a good game for... Uh, Carolina Panthers receivers. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think they might just have to go with Baker, maybe try Sam Darnold out because I don't know about PJ Walker. He's not yeah. he's not looking like he's he's that guy. <laughs> yeah. Only had a hundred a hundred and eight uh passing yards, only threw it sixteen times, so that goes to show you they don't really trust him yeah, throwing the ball anyways. So they ran a lot. Yeah. Thirty one attempts from Deontay Foreman's a lot. That's, <laughs> yeah. like De- that's like Derrick Henry numbers right there. Yeah, that is for sure. And that brings me to my last miss who actually recorded negative receiving yardage tyler algier had negative 17 receiving yards uh three receptions and eight carries for 20 rushing yards only finished with 3.3 ppr points and yeah man that it just seems like they don't really know who who they want running the ball he only got eight carries uh, i know he wasn't on the on the field for a lot of the snaps so yeah, big miss for me. I, I don't really know what they plan on doing with the RBs. I feel like they might be leaning towards more Cord- Cordell. So, yeah. yeah, not really good for Tyler Algier owners. Yeah, but even Cordell Patterson didn't have a, Yeah, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have do a anything game either. either in the running game. So Yeah, just yeah. a bad overall game for the Falcons. Yeah, so I'm surprised I actually got two misses from this game because it was – I didn't even watch the game, to be honest. I, yeah. I didn't think much of it, and <laughs> nothing really happened out of it, but – those are our Thursday night picks. We'll again finish with our, you know, picks for Sunday and Monday. Moving to our next segment, I know we just came off a, re- a dynasty recap, so I just wanted to recap two teams that are looking extremely well. Real teams, not dynasty, not, not fantasy football teams. Real NFL teams that look well. We did a segment <clears throat> earlier in the season. We talked about the Eagles and Dolphins, and we talked about all the similarities between the two teams. We talked about how both their starting quarterbacks are from Alabama. How Two of their receivers in their second year are from Alabama, and they both brought in very high-talented wide receivers and Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown, and yeah. two quarterbacks that people kind of were doubting to start the season. A lot of yeah. people didn't trust Jalen Hurts. A lot of people didn't trust Tua, and they are proving everyone wrong. Neither of them have lost a game. Obviously, the Eagles right now are 8-0, and and the Dolphins, they are 6-0 and when Tua plays a full game, and they're 0-3 when he doesn't. So for the most part, Tua is undefeated it could maybe easily be nine and oh right now yeah if he's on the field all you know if he's starting every game and on the field for 100 percent of the snaps yeah like hurts is and right now Tua's kind of been stealing the show though i you were high on Tua to start the season more than me i was high on hurts more than you to start the season but like i said two teams that are super similar and two teams that are looking really really good through nine weeks yep and so let's just jump into some of the numbers that these two teams are putting up We'll start, of course, with the Dolphins and Tua, just because he's been absolutely phenomenal. I say if you're a betting person, go out there and put money on Tua to win that MVP. His odds are looking good. I think Mahomes is a favorite, then Josh Allen, then Jalen Hurts, and then Tua, I think, is fourth favorite. But 
if he if he's playing every game, if he's healthy in all those games, he might easily be the favorite with For some sure. of these numbers he's putting up. He's leading the NFL in so many categories. If you look here, he's leading the NFL in passes of 10-plus air yards. He has 60 completions when he does that. Uh, that's first in the league, like I said. Has a 1,313 passing yards, which is first. 10 touchdowns, which is fourth. And those are all those are all numbers when he's throwing the ball 10-plus yards down the field. So guy that they said wasn't very accurate is looking like one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league and a team that you do not want to face in man coverage at this point if you're facing the dolphins you need to play a zone or just all out blitz because you do not want to play any man coverage against this dolphins team if you look at their receivers and waddle and hill and how fast they are they, they're going to beat their man and tua is going to find them each and every time he's first in the nfl in qbr and man coverage with an 89 qbr rating He's first in yards per passing attempt with 10.3. He's 67% completion is also first. His 52% first down conversion is also first. And he's 12% passing touchdowns in man coverage, also first in the league. So that's one, two, three, four, five categories that he leads the NFL in. Good categories, too, that he leads the NFL. What you look for in a quarterback when defenses put you in man coverage and on third down, he is the number has the number one passer rating in the NFL. He's thrown for 601 yards and eight touchdowns when facing a third down. So that's exactly a lot of teams. Obviously, they pass on third down. There's not a lot of teams that run on third down. Unless you're like the Titans or yeah. the Panthers now. But the Dolphins are going to throw on third down, and Tua is going to complete those third down completions. And that can really, really deplete a defense when you have them third and long, and Tua comes in and he finds Tyreek. Hill uh, deep down the field or Jalen Waddle deep down the field and you know late in the game in the fourth quarter where your defense is tired and you have that third down on the ropes and he's still just still slinging it in there uh Tua man he's just had a tremendous game in his six games that he's played it's crazy like I, I don't know when's the last time like two teammates are in the top five like rankings in PPR as yeah. wide receivers because you got Tyreek Hill, he's number one, and you got Jalen Waddle, he's number five. Yeah. And then you even got Mike Gesecki. He's he's number he's a number fifteen tight end, but you yeah. know, number fifteen, that's still a solid tight end. That's a yeah. so, that's a solid a tight, end tight end too. Yeah. And it's all it's all because of Tua. And and you know, like you said, Tua, he he came out of the game early week four against Cincinnati. He only got two two fantasy points that game. So you can't even really count that as a game. He missed week five. He missed week six, and then you know, right when he came back, week seven, they they got right back on point. So yeah, so they, yeah, man, they haven't lost a game when he's on that field, pretty much. Yeah, and then he's he's the quarterback twelve right now. That's a low end um, quarterback one. That's only because he missed games. And yeah, and then Jalen Hurts, he's the quarterback five. So yeah. I mean, you know, just like we said, you just like we thought it was gonna play out, it played out. So yeah, and speaking of those wide receivers, uh, we talked about how two was first in so many categories in the NFL. As a quarterback, Tyreek Hill is a wide receiver. He leads the NFL in almost every single wide receiver category, what you want from not only a fantasy owner of Tyreek Hill like I am. I mean, I got him in the second round. I I tried to trade him to my homie um, for CeeDee Lamb. Obviously, I love CeeDee Lamb, and he didn't want to take it. I offered him Tyreek Hill and Kenneth Walker for CeeDee Lamb. He didn't want to take it. Now I have Kenneth Walker and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is one of my favorite players to own this year. He is Killing it. He has 206.9 fantasy points, which is which is second most in in fantasy right now, just behind, of course, Josh Allen, who's obviously the undisputable fantasy god this year. And hopefully yeah. he's can hopefully, hopefully he's, he's healthy. Good. Yeah, hopefully yeah. he's healthy. But Tyreek Hill's right behind him. Yeah. 
And if you look at what Tyreek Hill, like I say, he leads the NFL in so many categories. He leads the NFL in targets. He has 100 targets this season, which is seven more than Cooper Cup, who is second in the league. He's number one in air yards, 1,146. He leads the NFL in receiving yards right now. He has 1,104 receiving yards. And those yards alone are is more than the Cowboys, Steelers, Falcons, Texans, Giants, Bears, Ravens, and Titans. That's more yards than all those teams' wide receivers combined. And you're talking about teams that have good wide receiver cores. The Cowboys, not bad. Steelers, not bad. Falcons, young. Texans, they have Brandon Cooks. Giants, we talk about how bad their wide receiving core is. Justin <laughs> yeah. Fields is getting it going. Yeah. Ravens have had some injuries. <laughs> Titans don't pass the ball. But Cowboys, Steelers, I mean, those are two teams that have some good wide receivers on that team for the most yeah. through the season. And Tyreek Hill has more yards than all their wide receivers combined with 1,104. That's 237 more yards than Justin Jefferson, who's second in the league. So absolutely just destroying the league. He's actually on pace crazy. to... He's it's actually crazy. on pace to break Calvin Johnson's single season record. In 2012, Ch- Calvin Johnson led, uh, broke the receiving yard record, had 1,964 yards. And through those first nine weeks, he only had 767 yards. So t- uh, Tyreek Hill almost has 400 more yards through nine weeks than Calvin Johnson did when he broke that NFL record. So at this point, Tyreek Hill's on pace, especially with that one extra game now that teams get in a 17-game season. Tyreek Hill can easily probably finish his season with two two thousand yards and just crush calvin johnson's record and he's first he in y- six more weeks yeah six more <laughs> weeks to go uh you know the crazy the craziest wait, thing seven, seven, they have seven what seven more games they don't have their bye yet so have they no they haven't no no they so, haven't so it's six yeah yeah I'm, I'm looking at it right now after this week. oh no it's seven, seven because yeah. they go to week 18 that's my fault but the craziest thing about all this is he only has three touchdowns this year yeah that's so crazy so he's going off in standard leagues and he's going off in ppr leagues yeah he's valuable all those regardless getting and yeah yeah the touchdowns aren't there i think he he was like he's super low in the not last i want to say but he's definitely not top in getting the ball in the red zone like i think yeah i think last game this last sunday was only his second time he saw a red zone target and he scored yeah and he scored a touchdown so he's only seen two red zone targets but he's that deep ball threat he's gonna get down the field he's gonna get open and he doesn't find the end zone. Waddle's kind of been the end zone guy for them, but yeah. Hey, he's gonna break the reception receiving record and just crushing it. He's averaging three point nine seven yards per route run, which is crazy. Yeah, just Insane. just having a, a, a normal. If you thought Cooper Cup season last year was phenomenal, I mean Tyreek Hill is just absolutely breathtaking. Just to watch him out there, and he even did it when they had the backup quarterbacks in there. He was putting up decent numbers his worst week i believe was like week three or four when he only had like four fantasy <clears> points but ever since then he's been absolutely crushing the league and you know like i said his teammate Jalen waddle who you said is the wide receiver five he, he's not obviously putting up tyree kill numbers but he does have six touchdowns this year which is tight second in the nfl for the most for wide receivers or any player with any receiving touchdowns tight ends what yeah so and he's fourth in yards per route run which is a Great stat, 2.97. And two was first. He has one more extra yard, one more yard that he averages. And Ty- Jalen Waddle's fifth in receiving yards in the NFL. He has 812 receiving yards, and he's fifth in the NFL in yards per catch, 17.3 yards per catch. So those yeah. two receivers right Crazy. there with the way Tua can throw the ball. <clears throat> Crazy. I like, know you have Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I love Jalen Waddle. He's Two one of my favorite players to own. Yeah, in, in, in both Dynasty Leagues. And Redraft. Yeah. And, and Tyreek Hill, he has... 
four games of 160 or more receiving yards. Yeah. So, dude, he's just going off. He doesn't like he's going to slow like, down. It's like that, that offense is just tailored for them, for yeah. Tua, for Tyreek, for Waddle. It's just tailored for them. Yeah. It's crazy. And they don't. Now they have Jeff Wilson, who kind of led the backfield. If they can get the running game going, that's a scary that, that, team. And you can't. You need, that's a potential Super Bowl yeah, winner. Yeah, and their defense is. They can get hot and definitely not doing their job. But yeah. if they can come together and get healthy and build build a decent enough defense, that offense is going to take over the game. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes if you just have an offense that's too overpowering that, that's that's enough yeah I mean, you just gotta have an all right defense and they're in a really tough division with good defenses that they're yeah. facing i mean the jets the bills yeah. the patriots those are teams yeah we gotta, we gotta edit these flags but yeah yeah <laughs> the dolphins i mean they can come out on top in that division I mean, yeah. they already beat buffalo earlier in the year yeah and which is one of the better defenses in the league and definitely have one of the better offenses in the league obviously not as good as the um Dolphins, the Dolphins actually lead the league with 2,757 receiving yards That's this year. Crazy. So they're throwing the ball a lot. It's just video and, game numbers. Yeah, and we talk about how Tyreek has more yards than those eight teams that we mentioned, but those were just the receivers. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle right now, they're combining for 1,916 receiving yards, which is more than the Panthers, Browns, Ravens, Steelers, Falcons, Texans, Cowboys, Giants, Bears, and Titans. And only three less than the Broncos, and that's their not. That's only the wide receivers. That's their receiving as a whole. That's running backs, tight ends, receivers, fullbacks, whoever that they're throwing out there. They have more yards than one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and ten teams. They have more yards than they're just those two guys alone are in the top in the top thirty percent in the league. Dominance, <laughs> and, yeah, just absolutely dominating, and it all starts with Tua, who's just had a phenomenal year so yeah. far. Yeah, he's like the short pass god. It's crazy. Yes, and then um, that'll move us on to the Eagles now. A lot of talk yeah. about the Dolphins. More so the Eagles, it's kind of their defense that I've kind of still stole the show, but Jalen Hurts has played like an MVP this yeah. year. Still ranked sure. higher than Tua. So yeah, and he's, he's what, doing some. Quarterback five right now. Yeah. And he's rushing quarterback. We always say how on the show that rushing quarterbacks have the most upside, and this is a guy with the, with yeah, the most upside. Yeah, because throwing the ball. He doesn't run a lot. Yeah, he does, yeah runs exactly. A lot, but he also th- he's been throwing, you know, throwing the ball decent. He only has yeah, he has really. And we talk about it, he has a zero. He has a zero point eight percent interception percentage, which is only behind Tom Brady, who's at zero point three percent. So yeah, when he throws the ball, he's not turning it over. Only two games at with all. an interception. Yeah, this he only season, has, so. he has two interceptions this year. Last year yeah. he had nine. So he's on pace to do better than that. Yeah. He had 16 total touch. He had 16 passing touchdowns last year. This year he already has 12. So he's passing a lot better, looks a lot better. And Tua, he's first in the league in yards per pass thrown. Jalen Hurts is second in the league in yards per pass thrown with 8.5. So not only is he throwing it efficiently, but he can throw the ball deep as well, just like Tua. And with yeah. he, he's leading all quarterbacks right now. With six rushing touchdowns, which is first in the NFL for quarterbacks, and has 126 rushing yards, so top ten in that category. It's like you said, the the running upside's there, and Jalen Hurts not as accurate with yeah. the ball, but yeah, accurate enough for the Eagles to be an undefeated team. Where the, it does take a lot, the Eagles defense. We yeah. can talk about how good they are, but Jalen Hurts keeps them in games. It doesn't turn the ball over where they're on the field every you know other every other minute it seems like you see yeah. defenses where their quarterbacks are turning the ball over and 
they're already tired. They got to go back on that field and get a stop. It's not easy. It's e- it's way easier for, a, especially a, an elite defense like the Eagles, it's way easier for them to get going when your quarterback doesn't turn the ball over. Way yeah. easier. You can rest. Yeah. You can take a break. Your offense can take a lead. takes a lot of pressure. You've seen a couple stops, and that's game. And that's why they're sitting 8-0 and right now. Yeah, and, and in my opinion, I just think the Eagles have something that the Dolphins don't, and that's they, and that's a running game. Yeah, they have, I was, yeah that's a they good have, point. They have Miles Sanders. Um, you know, Ken, Kenny Gainwell is starting to heat up. I know mm-hmm. he had a touchdown last week. So they, they have an established running game, and the Dolphins don't. Yeah. And that, that can separate you from being undefeated and, and not being undefeated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a, that's, a big, that's a big advantage that the Eagles yeah, have. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're running back. Miles Sanders thinks the RB16 right now. Yeah, RB16 and PPR. And, and like I said, Jalen Hurts can run efficiently, and that sets up you know the receivers. I know Devontae Smith hasn't had a really good year so far yeah but he's done something that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have hasn't done this year he's finished as the overall wide receiver one so even oh, though wow. Tyreek Hill and Waddle have been putting up insane numbers they've never finished they haven't finished as a wide receiver one overall this year in, and in Devontae week, yeah. Smith has he did that in week three so he, he has that upside that's all I'm saying I know it's been probably frustrating especially for me i'm a Devontae Smith owner in dynasty it's kind of been frustrating especially the last couple weeks he's put it single digits but he has a lot of high potential where he can go off and have good games like he did in week three. He has 142, 442 yards this year on 40 catches, only two touchdowns. But he can heat up down the stretch. Maybe even coming off this bye week, he can start heating up. Yeah. But really, A.J. Brown has st- stolen the show. He's the wide receiver seven right now, averaging 18.9 fantasy points per game, which is eighth best among receivers. Has 718 receiving yards right behind Jalen Waddle, sixth best in the NFL. And he also has six touchdowns, just like Jalen Waddle. And he has 3.23 yards per route run, which is top 10 in the league. And he's fifth in the league in target share percentage. So 30.7% of the targets are going to A.J. Brown. Like I said, it's fifth in the league. So he's top 10 in a lot of major categories is A.J. Brown, which kind of takes, you know, the show away from Devontae Smith a little bit. Yeah. And the reason I think that, you know, Devontae Smith, that they don't have two wide receiver ones really is like you like you made a perfect example. They have a running game where they yeah. don't need to throw the ball as much. With the Dolphins, they got to throw the ball a lot, lot more. Yeah. So it sets up guys like Waddle and Hill to have bigger games than AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. But either way, both of these offenses are super explosive. Very, very. Yeah. So yeah. Um it's it's crazy. It's cra- and and they got they have Dallas Goddard too. Yeah. So they, they yeah, he's the top what five tight end right now i need to look that up yeah and the crazy thing is i drafted Tua last year i drafted waddle last year i drafted hertz and i drafted Devonte smith all last year in our first startup in the dynasty and god it's the tight end four in ppr see so and that yeah. takes away from Devonte smith and yeah i mean you said mike gusecki's just outside the tight end one yeah so uh, 15 so and they already think about they were going to trade him and stuff. So that, you know, they don't really implement Gasecki enough into the offense like they do with Dallas yeah. Goddard. So. It's like the Eagles, they they, ha- they have the ability to spread the ball more. And, and the mm-hmm. Dolphins, it's kind of just Tyreek and, and Waddle. Yeah. I would I would love to see, like, like I don't know, like, both like the, the receivers switch on each side. It's like, I would like to see Hurts <laughs> what he can do with Waddle yeah. <laughs> and Hill and what Tua can do with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. I guarantee, cool. like, they would yeah. be, like, AJ Brown would be the wide receiver one, Devontae Smith would be wide receiver five, and then Tyreek Hill would be what the wide receiver seven, and Jalen Waddle, <laughs> yeah, like, wide receiver thirty-two, Devontae Smith. Maybe not that bad, but it would be interesting to see what what those te- what those wide receivers can do on each off. I think they would produce similar numbers. Those are two, 
just wide two of those wide both those wide receiver cores are just absolutely just crazy phenomenal and they're young they're yeah you 28 but he still looks and they're like gonna be 22. here for a while they're gonna be they're gonna be dominant for a while a couple yeah. of years at least i'll say four or five yeah it's a it's a lot of fun those guys are gonna be drafted high in dynasty drafts going forward and redraft leagues going forward. And if you have been dynasty, you're sitting pretty with, with those quarterbacks and those receivers right now. Yeah. Those are untouchable guys. Yeah. Even Devontae Smith, I say hold on to him a little bit. Yeah, people try to send me offers for Waddle, and it's just like, I don't, I'm not giving you yeah. Waddle, man. I, sometimes I regret trading Jalen Waddle because I traded him last year and I traded yeah. Tua as well. But I mean, I did get Marquise Brown out of it. I did get Brees Hall out of it. So yeah, you know, it kind of worked out. But yeah, I'm like, sometimes it's like, I wish I had Jalen Waddle on my team because. Yeah. So pretty much you talked you talked about two really good teams. Um, I'm not gonna deep dive into the numbers as much as you did because like I'm just gonna talk about two terrible offenses. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna kind of warn you about these players that yeah. they might not. The reason I dive deep into those numbers because like I said, these guys are leading in yeah. the NFL. <laughs> like, yeah, and it, and, and, it, and it's good to positive positively dive into numbers. I'm not gonna negatively dive into yeah, numbers yeah. and be tell you why these people suck so bad. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. tell you why they suck. So pretty much, I'm just gonna talk about the Colts. The Colts, mm. they have a terrible offense right now. It just seems like the col- the coaches don't like Matt Ryan. They want to go with the Sam Ellinger guy, and Sam Ellinger hasn't really produced anything. He has 7.5 PPR points against against the Washington Commanders, who've allowed the second most passing touchdowns thrown on them, and he finished as quarterback 28. So it's like if you're not gonna produce against the Washington Commanders, like really, what 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 can you do yeah. passing the ball? It's not a good sign. He had 6.02 points against New England, and he finished as the quarterback 26 that week. Matt Ryan finished as the quarterback 25 or below in three of seven games this year, and Ellinger's already done it twice in his first two starts. So I don't know. I just feel like they should go back to Matt Ryan. Michael Pittman only has one touchdown this year, and it happened in week one. Only finished wide receiver five in two games this year, and it was he was exactly the wide receiver five in both games. Other than that, he was the wide receiver 27, the wide re- the wide receiver 58, 37, 42, 33, and 47. So if he's not doing well, he's doing terrible. Yeah. Um, he's still a wide receiver 18 overall this year. So, But like his fantasy outlook, in my opinion, just doesn't look too bright. And Jonathan Taylor, he's probably one of the most disappointing first-round picks of the year. Uh, I, we all thought he was back to his normal ways in week one. He exploded for 27.5 PPR points, but since then he hasn't finished above the RB20, and he finished as low as the RB55 one week. So I don't know if he's just dealing with lingering injuries, but uh, I, have, I have more faith in his fantasy outlook than Michael Pittman, but still um, it's just not really looking good for the Colts. Yeah, for sure. And they just got rid of their head coach too. And it's funny, I was watching that game Sunday, and when they lost, I was like, they got to do something different. They got to get rid of that head coach or something because it's obviously not the quarterback issue. They just changed yeah. quarterbacks. And just maybe it is like a quarterback drama issue, or something. but there's something know. in that, that just, Colts. Maybe it's just drama. This is a team know. we had as a Tier A team going into the season. Yeah, They're, We were talking about a team that had a top O-line last year, and the O-line's not doing well. The, you, the receivers, obviously. The bright spot has been the rookie Alec Pierce, if anything. Yeah. Or and he's, Jackson, and he he's like over. the wide receiver 55, so it's like really like – you really can't yeah. rely on Alec Pierce. But that's just but yeah, that's just it's been a disappointment. And I have Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor in one league so yeah. together, and, and they're three I five think and one. Taylor, I think so. he's like a good like buy low candidate right now, though. Yeah, if you can, if, if you can, if you really need a running back, I yeah. would say try to buy low on Jonathan Taylor. 
Because you never know, he might be one of those guys that just starts breaking out and get back to his week one self. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, everyone other than Jonathan Taylor, I just don't really have any faith in their fantasy outlook yeah. for we'll this season. We'll see what Jeff Saturday can do as the head coach. Yeah. Maybe they go one more week with Sam Ellinger. doesn't work out. Maybe they go back. Matt Ryan's back at practice, so that's that's a good, a good sign. sign, I guess, yeah. for him. Yeah, but it just seems like there's drama. I hope they get over it. I hope Matt Ryan gets it together. Um, another another offense that's not really looking too good, in my opinion, is the Detroit Lions. Um, from weeks one through four, Jared Goff looked like he was poised for a comeback season. Um, but since he finished as the quarterback one in week four, he hasn't finished above quarterback 14. Wow. <clears throat> and he's also got one of his favorite targets and TJ Hawkinson traded to the Vikings. So it just might not be a bright road ahead for Jared Goff. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown has fallen out of the wide receiver two category. He's sitting as the wide receiver 27 on the year. Um, you know, the first two weeks he, he, he put up a combined 59.8 PPR points, but since then he only has 43.9 PPR points in week three, week five, week seven, week eight, and week nine combined. So has more points in his first two weeks than his last five games played. Um, maybe he has a lingering injury issue as well. Um, I hope he gets over it. I think he, he may start to produce later on in the season. But, um, you know, we still don't know when DeAndre Swift is, gonna t- is going to return as the lead back. Kind of like a very similar situation to Amon Ra. He went off his first two weeks. <clears throat> he had 43.2 combined PPR points in weeks one and two. But he only has 29.9 combined points in weeks three, eight, and nine. So he still could be dealing with the lingering injury as well. Uh, Jamal Williams is also doing a very good job as his backup. He's currently the running back 15 due to all the workload he's been getting. So, And, yeah, man, losing TJ Hawkinson is just you know, a very big blow to uh, Jared Goff fantasy owners and his fantasy relevance and to this Lions offense as a whole. And really the only thing I feel like that Lions fans can look forward to right now is uh, the, the return of Jamison Williams. Yeah, and if you look here, I mean, the first four weeks, like you said, they, that Lions offense was – I think leading the NFL in points per game. They put up 35, <laughs> yeah. then 36, then 24, then 45. And then the Patriots shut them out for zero. Then they came back against the Cowboys and put up six. And then <clears> they <throat> went back up, put up 27 against the Dolphins. And then they beat the Packers by scoring only 15 points. So Yeah. it's been Sometimes a- getting blown out just, could just be a big blow to, to yeah, your team. I mean, man. They put up what? They put up more points in that one game against the Seahawks than they almost did the last four weeks of the season. So since they scored 45 against the Seahawks, they combined for, let's see the numbers, 48 total points. So in four straight weeks, they've only scored three, three more points than that. And they lost that week when they scored 45 points. So <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it hasn't been a look. It's been a lot of injuries. I feel like Michael Pittman's missed games. Monroe St. Brown's missed games. Yonder yeah. Swift has missed games. Jonathan Taylor's missed games. And, just, like you said, Hawkinson's now gone, and just those teams, I would just maybe some buy low candidates, maybe a Monroe St. Brown you buy low, maybe Swift. I've been trying to get rid of Swift and Taylor all year, and really no one wants them. So yeah, at this point I'm just gonna they're kind of like players like you want to get rid of, but you don't want to get rid of. They're still at the young same time. Yeah. in yeah. a dynasty format. They're you know yeah. they're still young players that maybe they break out, maybe they go back to what they were doing. Why yeah? Why you know people were so high on them in startup leagues this year? So yeah. It's definitely a stressful year for me, especially a DeAndre Swift owner. Like I've had him for, I've had him the last two years in Dynasty, and I drafted him his rookie year in redraft. And I feel like every week he's questionable. 
This is the first week he's actually going into Sunday healthy at the healthy status. Yeah. But Jamal Williams still might take those carries. Jamal Williams, the only bright spot, I feel like. Yeah, really. You probably draft him in the last, like, three or four rounds in drafts, and you're able to start him as your RB2 flex spot. Yeah. You're chilling. But, yeah, but if you're a DeAndre Swift owner, Jamal Williams getting all those touches and carries he's is a vulture. not good for you. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so that's pretty much my little segment on those two teams. Yeah, I like it, and... We can kind of call this like that one Clint Eastwood movie, the good, the bad, the ugly. We started <laughs> with the good, the good teams, and we moved on to the bad, and now we're going to go into the ugly and talk about some uh, key injuries this week, especially at the quarterback position. Kyler Murray uh, is questionable this week, has been limited at practice pretty much all week. Ryan Tannehill, also limited this week, has missed his last two games. And Malik Willis, I don't think he's even thrown the ball <laughs> the last two weeks. I think last week they didn't even throw the ball. Something like that. But Ryan Tannehill, not looking good for him on Sunday. They might just rely on Derrick Henry again as the quarterback slash running back. Josh Allen's missed a couple practices. Finally finally on Friday, he was limited, but not looking good for Josh Allen. Earlier in the week, they thought he might need Tommy John surgery. Then the reports came out that he will be able to play through the injury. My money's on Josh Allen playing this Sunday, but just keep your eye on They might limit it and try to lean more on the run game than run his arm off. So we'll see there, Buffalo Bills. And then we have Matthew Stafford questionable with a concussion. So four guys that were drafted this year as your quarterback. I'm sure Tannehill and Stafford at this point aren't on your teams anymore or their QB2 and super flex leagues, but not looking good. The running back position, not a lot of injuries there, but J.D. McKissick missed practice Friday again, and he missed last game. So if that's the case, I say throw in Antonio Gibson in your lineup, line up Brian Robinson. They didn't do much last week, but... It's a we'll solid little committee right there. Yeah, it's a solid little committee yeah. with McKissick's out. So we'll see. Zeke also questionable. And just if he misses the game, definitely start up Pollard. I say start up Pollard either way. If Zeke is healthy, they might just do it as like a bait. I think Pollard still will be the main back in that offense, especially after putting up 33.7 fantasy points last game. Well, the last game they played, that they're coming off of a, a bye week. So we'll see if Zeke can play. And let's move on to the wide receivers. Romeo Dobbs out. Uh, they might put him on IR. We'll see. Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks, both questionable. I would say they both don't play in this game. I, I feel like Brandon Cooks, he's still upset that he didn't get traded. Yeah. And Nico Collins has missed the last few games with his injury. So if that's yeah. the case, you can rely on <clears throat> Philip Dorsett or Chris Moore as a streamer, tight end, or wide receiver if you need a wide receiver this week. Desperation. Play. Yeah, desperation as a flex spot. But just look for those two guys. McCall Hardman's out this week he's been a decent wide receiver too or flex spot on fantasy teams this year mm, yeah been pretty been hot kind of as the bright of spot of the kc offense yeah and yeah juju's been hitting up he's been heating up but yeah, he mccall hardman's yeah. out so i say could Dar- get darius tony now his second week with the team maybe yeah, hopefully can, he could pick it up maybe he can be a boom this week or, yeah hopefully so check out him keenan allen and mike williams out again so Josh Palmer, sad. fire him up. And Very Hunter sad. Winfro, who's missed a couple games this year with the concussion, now on the IR. So going to miss the next four games at the least. A guy who was a wide receiver one last year. I'm very high on Winfro. It's very sad. as a wide receiver 15 this year. 15, like 55 or whatever. So yeah, not looking good for Hunter Winfro. I think nope. at this point you can get rid of him and redraft leagues. And tight end. And just like his Hunter Winfro, his teammate, Darren Waller, also on IR now, also set to miss the f- next four games. Also a disappointing And also a disappointing. The whole Raiders team has just been disappointing, except for like Josh Jacobs Devontae and Devontae Adams, Adams and yeah. that's really it. And Jelani Woods, Mo'Ally Cox, they're both 
going to be out, which means Kylan Granson, the rookie tight end, could be the main tight end. Hasn't looked bad. He does play about 40% of the snaps, even when that, those two guys are healthy. So with if those two guys are out, he's going to be playing most of the game. And, you know, maybe if you need a streaming tight end, Kylan Granson, we'll, we'll see what he can do. But we talk about the Colts being a horrible team. Uh, I wouldn't really rely on it with the quarterback situation there. Yeah, for sure. And David Njoku <clears throat> is going to miss another game this week. I feel like at this point the Browns <clears throat> just might save him for when Deshaun Watson comes back. But Njoku was like the top three tight end before getting injured. But yeah. He's going to be missing another game. So a lot of uh, – We'll be, a lot of big injuries this week for a lot of guys that were, that people drafted. Yeah, we'll be smart. It would be smart for them to save Najoku for Deshaun Watson. They have a bye Watson. week next week as well. Yeah, just to save that. to save everyone for Deshaun, honestly. Yeah, save so, Cooper. Save yeah, everyone. just <laughs> save Chubb. So, so yeah, those are our uh, injuries this week, and we'll move on to our picks. Yeah, uh, want to start off with our week ten picks? Yeah, I'll start it off with uh, Alabama boy Jerry Judy. Um, he finished as a solid wide receiver two the last two weeks he's played. Uh, he would finish as the wide receiver 16 in week seven versus the Jets and wide receiver 14 in week eight versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's facing the Tennessee Titans this week. Uh, that Titans defense could either be really good or really not good. So yeah. I feel like uh, Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson, they're starting to get a good connection. So I'll pick Jerry Judy this week. Yeah, it's definitely more Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson now than Cortland said in Russell yeah, Wilson, for sure. which it was in the first, you know, half of the season. Yeah. And I'll move me on to my first pick, my only running back I have this week. It's going to be CMC. I told Brown Surprise, none of us have picked CMC this year, but I'll pick him this year. Uh, coming off a of bye week, he is the RB4 overall. And his first, I guess, game technically, with not technically, but his first game with the Niners as the main back, he put up 40 fantasy points. We haven't seen Christian McCaffrey put up fantasy points since he was fully healthy back in 2019 when people were drafting him first overall. And he's facing the Chargers defense, allowing the second most fantasy points to running backs at 30.08. So trash. I could see Christian McCaffrey <laughs> finishing around 30, 35 fantasy points this game. Yeah, for sure. Uh definitely see him dominating my team. I definitely see the the whole Niners dominating my team. Yeah. Um yeah, don't have much faith. A lot in of injuries over there. Yeah. But uh that brings me to my second pick, uh Justin Fields at the Detroit Lions, uh looking to stay hot after his big week last week. He only threw for 123 yards, but he still had three passing touchdowns. He had 178 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown on the ground against the Dolphins and yeah, that was the most rushing yards by a quarterback in a regular season game and uh detroit is another struggling defense so i just think he'll go off against them yeah that's a crazy i didn't even know that was the most ever when you told me that today i was like that's the most ever by a quarterback rushing yards and yeah and like, mark jackson game, and michael vick yeah. never did anything like that and he's yeah, just crazy Fields, he had the, some big explosive runs looking good justin Fields, yeah definitely go pick him up he's still on waivers i know in some leagues he is because one of our friends asked yeah. us if he should pick him i said maybe you should or maybe save your waiver pick if you trust your quarterbacks and i'll move me on to my uh next pick stefan diggs the wide receiver three right now in fantasy i think he's gonna have a big game facing his former team the minnesota vikings for the first time ever since getting traded yeah. so, and you know stefan he's gonna diggs, go off. yeah he has that <laughs> attitude where he wants to go out and kill and yeah. kill you and Go off. He, he's a dog. He's him. That's he's what a he dog. Says. He's, he's him. Yeah, he's, he's a, a dog. dog. He, so expect him to go off. He scored double digits every game this season. He's seen an average of 10 targets per game. He's averaging 107.13 yards per game. He has seven touchdowns already this year. So I believe he's going to be on pace to break his career <clears> high, which was 10 last year. 
And he's facing his former team, the Vikings, who are allowing the six most points to wide receivers at 67.95. So, like, st even if Josh Allen is limited in this game or doesn't play, I still think the Case Keenum will find Stephon Diggs. Yeah. And whoever's that quarterback will find, find Stephon Diggs. <clears throat> yeah, hopefully it's Josh Allen. He's going to demand that ball. Yeah, ho hopefully Diggs. it's Josh Allen. But, yeah, like you said, Casey. Case he'll probably freaking make Casey Keenum throw him the ball. That's how yeah. much he Case wants Keenum to destroy the Vikings. Case Keenum also playing his former team, the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, so he, revenge Case game Ke for both of them. And Case Keenum's the one that threw that 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 late that late playoff uh, pass to him. Oh, that one yeah. game, Stephon Diggs, where he threw his helmet off and yeah, that big, he was crying that after play. the game. That was a bit. That was that I remember was a, watching that, that game. That was a game. crazy game, and that was Case Keenum and Stephon Diggs. Maybe big plug they in against the Vikings. That moment. And they say, you they know, could relive that moment. Had you. <laughs> had <us. laughs> but yeah, another another wide receiver I'm gonna go with is actually the teammate of the last pick I had, Darnell Mooney. Uh, first time finishing as a high end wide receiver two against the Miami Dolphins. He finished as a wide receiver thirteen. He scored seventeen point five PPR points, had seven receptions and one touchdowns. And the Lions have allowed seventy or more yards to eleven different receivers this season. So. Uh, I think Darnell Mooney could be the 12th. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and he's starting to heat up a little bit as well as the season goes on with field. So yeah, the Bears definitely young offense that could be something to look out for in the, future. the second half yeah. of this season Even and a the future, future a nice next future year team, especially, yeah. for real. As long as they get more pieces in their defense. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. That moving on to a guy that I would never expect to pick, a guy that I was not <laughs> high on this year. Juju Smith-Schuster, he is the wow. wide receiver, 22. So proving me wrong, and he's done it as of late. He has finished as a top eight overall wide receiver the last three weeks. He's averaging 22.17 points per game the last three games. And he should be Mahomes' main weapon once again. Like we said, no McCall Hardman. I think Juju will finish in that wide receiver one range once again this week. Yeah. Looking, looking hot. It's crazy Looking what on. it's crazy and what Mahomes could do for you. Yeah, and but Juju did start off a little slow, but now he's, yeah, he's starting to it pick it up again. Yeah. And, Maybe he and just needed a good he quarterback. He, wants to stay. he has a one year deal, and he says he wants to stay in Kansas City. If he still plays like that, I don't see why they don't you know re bring back Juju Smith. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm gonna go with a guy that's playing against Kansas City. Uh, Travis Etienne um, has has 51.8 PPR points since the departure of James Robinson. And Derrick Henry just had a monster game against this Chiefs defense. He had 115 rushing yards and two touchdowns in Week Nine. So, at you know Travis Etienne, he has 109 or more rushing yards with at least one touchdown in three straight games. So, he this boy's hot. And he's gonna look to get hotter. He's finally producing as the bell cows we all expected. And and yeah, he's gonna go off against this Chiefs this Chiefs defense. Yeah, for sure. And another guy we talked about the Lions being bad. I think this is the week where Amon Ross St. Brown, at least, is finally a positive sign yeah. for him. You mentioned it. He hasn't finished as a wide receiver one overall, or yeah, in the wide receiver one range since week two. But he's due for a big game against the Bears, a team that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle just torched last week. Yeah. Really, right now, Amon Ross St. Brown, the only receiving weapon on that team. Josh Reynolds is out. Um,. DJ Chark is on the IR, so oh, yeah. I don't even know who else they're going to throw out there. Me either. And I really Jamon don't. Jamon Ra has been getting a lot of targets the last couple games with those guys out. So yeah. I think expect him to have another 
you know. Yeah, he's probably going to be the only bright spot. And I think he finally goes off. I think he finishes as a top 10 wide receiver this week. Yeah, for sure. We I remember last year when TJ Hawkinson went down with his his hand injury. He um Amon Ra he he was the star of the show. That's when he started popping. And he won and he won a lot of people leagues. So he could definitely be that league winner against this year. Uh, another league winner in my last pick is uh, Nick Chubb, man. Nick Chubb, he's having a dominant season. He's ran for 100-plus yards in five of eight games this season, and in six of eight games, he's finished as a running back one for the week. He's finished as the running back one in week two versus the New York Jets, finished as a running back nine in week three versus Pittsburgh, a running back 11 in week four at, at, uh, at Atlanta, a running back seven in week five against my Chargers, a running back nine in week seven against Baltimore, and a running back six in week eight versus Cincinnati. So he has 841 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns on the season. That's pure dominance. I expect Chubb to continue the dominance against a, a pretty a pretty good do- Dolphins defense. Yeah, for sure. And another team that's running the ball a lot with the quarterback situation there. And uh, that will move me to my last pick, DeAndre Hopkins, Mr. D-Hop. Since coming back from suspension, he is the overall wide receiver, too. He has scored 67.8 fantasy points per game. Yeah, not points per game, but 67.8 fantasy points total since coming back from his suspension. And he's facing a Rams defense that they've played already. uh, In week three, Marquise Brown, who was a wide receiver, won. Finished with his best game of the season. Had 28 fantasy points that game. 14 catches on 17 targets and 140 yards. So expect a similar game, if not even a better game, from DeAndre Hopkins against a Rams defense that Kyler Murray looked really good against in Week 3. Yeah, man. They really missed D-Hop. Yeah. They really missed him. And it um, kind of worked out for you know, them. Like yeah. Right when Marquise, Marquise Brown, Brown went out, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins was ready to go and yeah, if only sure. they had both of them on that field. Imagine, I mean, I couldn't even imagine what that offense would look like with both those guys on the field right now. Yeah, it's crazy because when D hops out, like Marquise Brown is getting all this target share, he's getting all these PPR points, and then right when he goes down, D hop comes back, and yeah. D hops getting all this target share and, and all Moore's these PPR back. points. Yeah, Rondell Moore's been cooking too. AJ Green went out, then Rondell Moore came back. It's like they haven't had like their fully healthy team. Now James, James Conner's back. Yeah, so, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so that will conclude episode six of Your Big Fat Fantasy. I'm Nicholas Logan. I'm Anthony Bravo. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. And our Twitter is at Your BFF Podcast. And yeah, Your Big Fat Fantasy on TikTok as well. And Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Yeah, so good luck in week 10. And hit us up with any questions or advice you need for this week. It's a big week coming down to the wire for a lot of fantasy leagues. Yeah, hit our social medias, man. We're, we're on that constantly. And we'll be checking for questions. And we'll be answering them. Yeah. Thank you again, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.